1: Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Wolves Fancast. David Evans here on the podcast this week. We've got Andy Hello, with us and we've got Rye Hello. as well. I've noticed that we're all sporting the beards. It's the we time are. of year it's yeah. Yeah. definitely needed at the minute. Now you two look yeah. like brothers, to be honest. That's
0: fair.
2: We're happy with that. Um, I think Andy has a similar probably issue uh, that I have. Anybody with this hairstyle... Beard and glasses gets compared to multiple number of people, but we consider ourselves part of the bald community and very proud. Definitely. And you you can be in there as a beard community uh, member. Yeah, Um, I'm part of that partial club.
1: Yeah, i have not gained full access yet. yet, yet, No, the the bald community club. But yeah, I'll I'll keep my hair. Yeah, as it is. (laughs) Um, On the podcast this week we're going to talk about the game um, against Norwich, we won't bother with Preston, Uh, we'll preview the big game of the weekend of course against Fulham and uh, we've got a bit of a quiz at the end this week gentlemen, just to mix up a bit. Exciting. Um, We'll just start off first, you might have noticed throughout the season that Rye hasn't been on very much this season so it's good to have you back once again thank you but he's for an important reason right he tells you more about what's been going on in Roy's world
2: yeah I mean god yeah we're amongst friends so I'm happy to share I mean everything is absolutely all good and it's good to be back on so thanks for having me on um I think I was last on probably around about October time and I spoke to Dave and um I'd heard some news um cut a very long story short my daughter had been uh, diagnosed with a heart defect called uh, tetriology of fallow which um, is more commonly known as holding the heart and as when you get those type of news really in, in your life things kind of get put to the wayside so um, with a holding a full-time job and a number of commitments outside of work uh, kind of took a um, you know a back seat Reading, really. and I've listened to the pod and, and enjoyed it um, and kind of cut forward to now coming back on the pod, the, the good news to cut a, a story relatively short is that um, in January of this year, my daughter undergoing um, heart surgery and she's effectively had a heart fixed, which sounds so simple, but there's so much more to it than that. And um, it's great to kind of get back on an even keel. So Florence is in a good way. It's great to be back. And... Um, you know, I think I'd probably just take this opportunity now as as well to, um, you may have seen uh, online on t- on Twitter, I put a post up um, in regards to the half marathon that I'm running uh, on the 18th of March. And I mentioned that purely for the basis that there's so much I could talk about with, with my daughter and what she's gone through and what we've gone through as a family. But the absolute good news and the positive news, what I've drawn from it is... The amazing experience that we've had from Birmingham Children's Hospital—they've been absolutely wonderful. So um, you may have seen—I think the fancaster put it out there—and may do the, between now and the run on the 18th of March that um, I'm currently in training as well for the half marathon to raise a little bit of money for the, uh, the charity. So things are good, things are positive. That is the short story to say that it's great to be back on. Daughter's doing really well really positive and um, yeah I mean of a number of things that uh, have happened over the last few months the a lot of people listening will, will know about the hospital and I'm not going to get political because it's not really the the forum for it but we know that funds um, are tight with the NHS we know things are tough uh, and, and what I'm hoping to do is to raise a little bit of money is to help the ward in which Florence my daughter was on And help a lot of other kids and families as well. So if you want to donate, Twitter handle's at Rye Hoops. The fan cast will put that out. And thanks to everyone for their support.
1: Yeah, so when when is the half marathon? So
2: it's 18th of March. Uh, It's the Stafford half marathon. And um, yeah, a lot of my time has been kind of taking up training. And you know what? The good thing we're running, and it's absolutely crazy. I'll just share this with you now. When Florence was um, in hospital and she was in intensive care... The very morning she was in intensive care, I went for a run and it was the best run I've done. Mm. And I think running can be such an amazing tonic because for that time that I was out running, everything was, I don't know if I could say polarised, but you kind of take yourself to a different place Mm. and it's so therapeutic. So it works on a number of levels in terms of, I'm getting healthy, Mm. I can see my daughter getting healthy And we're raising a little bit of money for them. And we're up to 800 quid now, which is brilliant. And what the money will go directly to is the ward, and it will help lots of other families from all over the country. uh, Because ultimately, they go on the ward after they've had major heart surgery, and it's all then about their aftercare, building their confidence back up, getting them back on an even keel.
1: So... Well, firstly, yeah. fa- firstly, fantastic about Florence. Yeah. are doing well, and,
2: and she's doing well as far She's doing great. She's, she's doing absolutely fantastic. So she's um, she's due to the hospital at the end of the month, and uh, she's doing well. And how can you ever say thank you more than someone who's literally fixed your daughter's heart? and, yeah, and exactly. And it, it's, it's amazing, and they do some amazing things. So, yeah, life's getting back to normal, whatever normal is, so hopefully I'll be back on this and... Enjoying the the podcast on as well as listening as well. But yeah. I
1: know you know Birmingham Children's Hospital do absolutely fantastic work, so it's a, it's a great cause to donate to. I know they've been great with my daughter as well um, mm. since, since she when, when she was born. And and I think Stu as well. Stu's won't
2: mind us saying. I think his his son's recently uh, been there as mm. well. So that they're, they're a fantastic place. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll
1: we'll share the link um, on yeah. our usual social channels. Uh, but say make sure you donate to to Roy's uh, Halfmouth. It's a great cause to do so as well. Uh, let's talk about some Wolves cool. news now, and Harry uh, Burgoyne, old Harry Burgoyne, signed a new two and a half deal at Wolves in the last few days. Um, great to see for for, for the youngster. Um, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I, I didn't think he would perhaps get I, a deal. I didn't but
0: expect him to still be here now, if I'm honest. I thought he would have been moved on as part mm. of the, the Nuno revolution.
1: But... Yeah, it's good. He's obviously impressed. Yeah, I mean, he was great for us on our 300th episode, if you listen to it, and you can listen to it if you go back on the archives as well. Uh, But I guess, because there there is that kind of element of, he could have been loaned out, but I guess with people like Norris as well, if one of the two of Woody or Norris gets injured, you've got to have that backup still. Yeah, and it's interesting we're talking about this the day after the Norwich game and, and
2: uh, think, yeah, yeah, you can probably see where we'll, we'll we'll get to when yeah, we do yeah. the review and when we talk about keepers. But yeah, um, like you say, he's had a good start to his career in a sense that so obviously he had the cup game and he mm. you know, played at Liverpool and that was fantastic. Um, and then we brought in, in Norwich who has had those cup games this year so he's not had the opportunity. He's not gone out there but... Um I think there's probably a concern about how we're looking after the the young players but then that just shows that hey you know um there may be an opportunity in the future for them
1: mm. um and a two and, but, and a half a two and a half your deal yeah. that that is a sizeable mm. chunk you know mm. in the grand scheme of things you know maybe if you've got an 18 month deal you would have
0: thought hang on it's it's something playing here but two and a half deals is not bad mm. Well, you looked at it with Jack Price in the summer when we extended it by 12 months, was mm. it? We took the option and you think well, that was purely just to get some money and move him yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. But as you say, two and a half year deal, he's a bit of faith in the youngster. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. So I think the, the, the future is bright and we, we're definitely bringing through some decent looking youngsters. So the more the merrier.
1: Uh, also, other news: the Colorado Wolves friendship is blossoming as <laughs> usual. As Joe Mason has gone on loan, is it for the season? He's gone on loan with how they yeah. with how they work. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Joe Mason's joining old Jack Price over there, and obviously Neil Emblen, who hadn't realised he's a no, he yeah. assistant coach or manager, one, one of those something titles? like that. Yes. Mm. Um, you know, if you look back at the, the the January window, it was surprising that Joe never actually got a. You know, got a club. He, he always became a bit forgotten, really, after yeah. that window. But good to see that he's got a move, and also he's going to get regular football. And it, interesting that perhaps America, you know, the MLS is now becoming a bit more attractive to players who wouldn't be seeing it as a kind of end of career kind of move.
2: Yeah, isn't it strange that, like you say, mid twenty, you know, twenties sort of midfielders are going out there now. Um, I think was it Bradley Wright Phillips went over a couple of years yeah. ago and, and that, he tore it up, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> in <your head> ball. <laughs> um, but but prior to that, you're absolutely right. We've seen you know the likes of Keane and Lampard, and obviously prior to that, Beckham, players associated with you know great careers and and at the end of their careers. So um, you wonder that. I mean, Jack Price is an interesting one. I still wouldn't be surprised if he has a few years, comes back, and I think there is a Premier League player in, in Jack mm. Price. I genuinely do. Mm-hmm. Um, because the, guy, the guy's a very, very good footballer. But, look, you know, with what he's got in front of him, you know. Um, and then Mason, they're over. It's very towards the back of the queue, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, very stop-start career with walls. Um The signing was a little bit lukewarm, I thought, when we signed him from Cardiff. Um, then I think he's had a notable only, I think, blues away, potentially, where he... Um, he did oh, well he yeah. like yeah. Yeah. it was weird with um, Mason
1: wasn't it because the, from what I remember with Jacket the the, the, the rumblings were was that he was p- part of a, a plan for Jacket of two strikers coming in that January that's yeah. right was like, yeah. he was planning to have a duo mm. was it somebody from Middlesbrough at the time was it were, um,
0: Kike yes I believe was the, the other player who turned us down in the, the dying hours of the transfer window mm. if and, I remember correctly
1: and obviously that second signing never pulled off so you've got Joe Mason and then you just and then I, I, he didn't play Joe Mason for ages, did he? From what I remember, he, always, he was oh, always no. on the bench. And then it was this whole debate, wasn't it, when Siggy was the only striker and people were saying, well, we need another striker. Well, we've got Joe Mason on mm-hmm. the bench.
0: But he was always overlooking him. It was a bit of a weird one. It was almost mm. like Jackie didn't fully trust him mm. when he signed him, which, why would you sign him? I always felt that Mason was a very tidy footballer. Mm. He was never going to, you know. The, uh, tear the pitch up and mm. and do it amazingly, but he was never going to let you down.
1: He had the perfect start. I remember we played, I think we played Bolton at home and it was Siggy's uh, first game at home since he came back. Two minutes in, Siggy has a one-on-one, misses that one-on-one. But then the follow up from it, the block shot Mason just drills mm. home. And it, it, I always felt there was a, almost a kind of parallel there. Whoever scored that goal was going to mm. carry on and have a better career. And it looked like it was going to be Mason. Damn it. <laughs> damn
0: and damn you it. Know, he'll always be remembered for that goal against the Villa last season as well. Yes. When we wouldn't mm. beat them 1 0. So, if nothing else, he helped us beat Villa that, he? <laughs> So, he'll be a bit of a folk hero for that. <laughs> OK, let's get on
1: to Wednesday night's game. The frustrating result of a two-wall draw at Molyneux against Norwich City. Wolves were 2-1 up at half-time and, like QPR game, we were just holding back. But you just thought, like the QPR game, it was all going to be good. We were going to hang in there. But then, with 30 seconds to go, Oliveira pulls off a 30-yard strike, which... Rudy tries to save, but it goes in. And Wolves draw to... Well, we've been looking at we, this season, gentlemen, with results where it's gone our way. We had the QPR game where usually the old Wolves, inverted commas, would have given that away. This time it was a classic old Wolves mentality. But we'll, we'll talk about this game in a bit more detail as well. But what it did bring up, because of the frustrations of the late the late equaliser, were some key talking points and concerns, again, about the team going forward. And... Um, more notably Ruddy, a phobie maybe as well, mm-hmm. uh, tactics from Nuno. Uh, but let's talk about the game in general. What were people's thoughts of the performance of the game in general? What did everybody think?
0: It, it was very much the old adage of a game of two halves. Mm. We did, I wouldn't say we were brilliant in the first half, but we were good enough in the first half and definitely went in deserving the lead. And the second half was just a complete different team which came out both from Norwich and from ourselves. They upped it so much and we didn't really look like we had any answers to any of the questions they were asking. The amount of times we gave the ball away was quite astounding, especially from a team who've been quite well known for keeping Mm. possession. I mean, ultimately, I mean, I have pulled off some of the stats from yesterday's game. Here we go, little stat machine here. For the, uh, the total passes in the match last night, Norwich outpassed us by 130 passes. Wow. And they had a better ball retention. Only by 2%, granted, but they completed 85% of their passes to about 83. The
1: way Andy's swiping his phone, it's like when you watch Sky Sports and they've got like, the big uh, panel on the wall. Yeah, and they're showing yeah, you someone's tweets. Yeah. Andy's uh, yeah. the Gary
0: Neville of the uh, of <laughs> segment. I don't want to be called that. <laughs> but yeah, they did. they They just didn't give the ball away. There were a few questions, I think, in regards to how easy they went down. And Mm. there were, which I'm sure we can come on to as well, in regards to Alex uh, Neil's comments about ourselves. Excuse me. Uh, But they did go to ground very easily. But in the grand scheme of things, I don't think that would have been what broke our back. Mm. But it was just very much like we were lacking something. Just that bit of a fight and... Once the substitutions were made at half-time, he just seemed to unbalance everything. Mm. And I, to be honest, I don't think Nuno got any of the subs right until... Actually, I would say he even got the Morgan Gibbs white one wrong because I would have taken off Sace because he did nothing when he mm. came on. I know it was only 20 minutes after he came on, but he was terrible. After nothing, he,
2: he was. I mean, from from the footage I saw of Sace last night... I get it in terms of with Sace, because Sace, I mean, for his country to centre-half, so he's actually quite defensive-minded. And watching him last night was very much calmness. Okay, that's fine, but there was nothing penetrative with the the ball. There was no real guile. There was no forward thinking. It was very sloppy. And also, there were some sloppy performances from the back line as well. I actually thought Cody at times was overplaying things where he didn't need to. There was a bit of nervousness that I sensed, and I don't know quite where that came from. Um, but as an as an overview, and we'll, we'll talk in detail about the incident um, of the game, as an overview, I think Norwich are a good side. They come off the back of a, a good local Derby last-minute um, resort as well. The week previous, they've got good players, you know, people like Madison. Um, and, they you know, they've got a talented bunch of players. So... That they did well but as, as Dave alluded to there whilst we were under a lot of pressure second half I still thought we would have done enough to, to cross the line mm. but I think the draw was, was definitely a fair result um but yeah, we can perhaps go into detail in terms of the reasons why perhaps the performance wasn't there. But as an overview, I thought it was quite an average performance.
1: It's it's funny though, we, with with the kind of half-time changes that we talked about before we started recording, that maybe Nuno did it with Saturday on mine trying to rest plays because it is three games in, in seven days. Mm. But it's been kind of the first kind of game for a while where there's been a, a, a bit of criticism on Nuno in terms of his tactics. and. I, I can talk.
0: say why, because... When we came out with that substitution, we had a, a chat in the group, what formation is he actually playing here? None of us could quite figure out what he was actually trying mm. to do, and the players didn't look like they knew what they were supposed to be doing either. I, I think you had Ndi didn't know whether he was coming or going, same with Sace. Um Neves is the only player on the pitch who I thought actually had a, a decent mm. game, he was his usual busy self.
1: And obviously he got booked in this, so he's going to miss the yeah. game at the weekend um, against Fulham. And is he going to miss and from Reading, Reading as well? Mm.
0: So I wonder if that was partly why you thought maybe I'll bring Sace on. Because yeah, obviously Sace hasn't played since coming back from um, from from our trip away. Um, maybe he's thought, well, he needs to get some minutes on the pitch because he'll be playing in place of Neves on the weekend. Mm. So maybe he thought of that, but...
2: The balance I'm, isn't there though, really, no. when you name Sace, Neves and then die you know, they are different players, but essentially they play similar roles. And to have those three in the side, you you lose a bit of uh, dynasty from sort of, you know, Costa. And and, and I, I, from the interviews after the game, Nuno, I think it suggested that he felt perhaps they might get overrunning midfield, so they needed an extra body in, set, in the centre of midfield. And that was his argument. But I don't think he would tell us if he intended to rest players, because he has a mantra of being humble and, and kind of keeping cars close to his chest. So I think he'd find it disrespectful to say, I've rested this player because we've got bigger fish to fry and we're doing yeah. good in this game. But I, I, I do agree. I think potentially has it with mine, because, you know, Costa at the moment, bar injuries, he's come back and he's the... He's, Thank you, Helder, you're back. And... um. I didn't really kind of see it, the position we were in at 2-0, the need to uh, bring Sace into into play. Um, and and then, as, as the game went on, yes, Gibbs White looked good when he came on. Um, but again, we didn't kind of see where he fell into play. And then, a Afobi, I think, worst of all. I mean, mm. wow. Wow. Um, just not Just
1: there.
0: Just a shadow of the man yeah. the losses, isn't yeah.
1: it? Let's, let's talk about the Wolves. Well, let's talk about some of the goals. Well, really, you know, um, Jota with the first goal. But I think, Andy, you are saying to me it, it might have gone down as an own goal. Now. Yeah, I think
0: it went down. I think it was Lewis scored the own goal. He crossed, he'd crossed. Uh, shot across the keeper. The keeper got a foot to it and it, it landed at the feet yeah. of the defender. And that was given by goal-line technology, yeah. wasn't it? Which I think was might be the first one at the Molyneux, which ah. has been given. Could be wrong on oh, that. Always nice to see a classic history. Yeah. I think the first one we've had was Blues away, but I think that might be mm. the first one at home.
1: And we have Undy's goal as well. It was a header, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. lovely, yeah. lovely cross.
0: Yeah, got a bit of power on the uh, on the twist of the neck, and keeper had no chance.
1: Good old Undy gets those goals in. Um, and is it now that oh, I think I saw today that both Cav and Douglas have got the most assists in the league so far this season? Ten. Yes, ten piece? each, I believe. Yeah. Which is good, and then obviously Norwich came back a couple of minutes later with their goal,
0: dodgy free kick, and
1: because uh, people were yeah. questioning the ref performance again last night. Yeah, it, he was abysmal. Yeah, he was. He was,
2: and I believe. Well, you have to have the same ref over a number of courses season, but I think he's. Um, someone correct me, but I think he's had a couple of stinkers with us this year. So I know there was a little bit of concern in coming into the game, but. He just kind of broke up play when he didn't need to. A lot of 50-50s were given to Norwich, and that's not being biased. Um, but it was interesting, um, and he touched on it in terms of the, the comments from the Preston manager after after their game and the protection of our players. But again, last night, you know, um, yes, they've got to stand up to certain tasks, and we don't want to see them rolling over necessarily. but they kept getting kicked, kept getting kicked, and the refs do need to step in. But then I think we ended up picking quite a number of bookings. Obviously, Nevis being, been unfortunately the um, the most difficult one to take with his subsequent ban. I think um, with the
0: refereeing situation, and this is a broader point really, is that a lot of refs now don't give a free kick unless you go to ground. So that might be why there's a bit of criticism flung at some of our players, and as I've just flung at Norwich, is the very much that you don't you can be fouled. And still be on your feet. But the refs don't often give that as a free kick. So I think that's a bit of an Mm. issue in the modern game, is that the refs aren't clever enough to to spot what's going on a lot of the time.
1: And then right at the end of the game, Oliveira, I always worry about pronouncing names, Oliveira. Another guy we were linked quite heavily with as well. Um, 30 seconds to go, striding into our box, and just decides to take a shot, which kind of bounces to the corner of Ruddy. He does palm it, but it still goes in. And you watch it back and you're like, ooh, that should be saved. That should be saved. And it was sickener, But let's talk about John Ruddy, because I think if if Wolves had won this game 2-1, I don't think the criticism would have obviously come out as much against Ruddy as it was. Obviously because it's a last-minute equaliser, he's obviously to blame for it so mm-hmm. the Christian is going to come to him but bubbling underneath the surface the last few weeks which we've had in our own group chat and perhaps with some fans is people still unsure about Rodin last two or three games he hasn't been as commanding I don't think it's a word as he's usually been where do people stand trying to take out of the last that last second goal out of context of this in the whole general view where do people stand on, on, on John Rudy? someone that perhaps should still be in the side or perhaps does the Norris question get asked a bit more I think it sounds a little churlish, really, but
2: I think he has been fortunate to have had the defence in front of him. I genuinely do. I'm not saying he's not a decent keeper. He is. He is a decent championship keeper. And particularly at the start of the season, um, he's had some fantastic performances. But I also think what has also kept him in the team, um, you know, saves included, is his distribution, because we know in this modern game how vital it is for a keeper to play out from the back and his long throws and and the way he he's um, kicking and so forth. Um, so all round, yes, he's a decent keeper, but he's had his wobbles. He genuinely has. And I think we've probably been spoiled because we're aware of Norwich as a keeper, we're aware of his performances in the cup competitions, Against you know some bloody good players mm. in you know against Man City, for example, um he makes me nervous. John really does at the moment um I don't see a command in nature. he mentioned it himself in interviews um prior to the game, and it would be a huge move, particularly when it's the keeper, and we'll go on to this when we talk about the team for next week, but you can probably see where I'm going with this but I, I would put Norris in for the next game. Um, it is a big move and it's a defence as a unit and to break that one up it's a big call. However, I am taking completely out of the equation that last-minute goal in isolation and I think his general play has been
1: very nervy. Hmm. Is it a big call though, given the fact that the time of the season we're at now to make such a big change? But also with Norris, okay, played great in those games, but they were one-off games. Though, any player yeah, can have a great yeah. game in one or two or one-off games. So, I think it's a question of you know, yes, maybe he could make the change, but will Nuno make the change? I don't think he will, and I
2: think the difficulty he may have, and 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 that's a fair point. Is say, for example, Norris comes in on Saturday and doesn't have a particularly good game. It's then very difficult to then reverse back and go, John, now you're you're in. <laughs> and that position is so difficult you can alternate on other areas of the pitch but that one is tough because the way I see it you're either you're my number one keeper or you're not Mm. and I think I would expect Nuno to show a leap of confidence to to Ruddy and keep him in Um, and as
0: an ex-keeper himself yes I'm sure he would have experienced similar things where he's been through that too so I think he probably will stick with Ruddy whether he should or not remains to be seen um when we signed Ruddy, he was 100% what we needed at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Off the back of everything we with Carla Keemi, we needed someone to come in who's been there, done that, and has got that big, strong personality. Now we're a bit further down the road, and the team has pretty much gelled. Maybe it might be the right time to introduce Norris, get him some of those minutes on the pitch, get him that game time that he needs. Because I don't think he's even been playing for the under 20, he's uh, no, no, so just it's...
1: been the reserve keeper yeah. in the squad for us. But I guess, you yeah. know, with, with Ruddy, like any player who has a setback, it takes them to have one good game and then everybody forgets about it. It will just take Ruddy mm-hmm. to save yeah. a penalty, for example, it, it, and then that's it, you know, yeah. you will know, we'll revert revert back to what it was before. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think it's, it's it's one of these debates where, unless he has another horrendous game he's going to stay in goal?
2: I think it's difficult because there'll be people saying well look at the stats look at the clean sheets and there's probably been points in this season where he's probably been up there as the most clean sheets in Europe but that's not that's not him on his own, he's been a big part of that and I can't discount the the, the fact that he has had still a relatively good season but there are question marks over his performances and I think there is a good point being raised. I'm not saying we're in a fortunate position that, you know, we're over the line that we can um, bring young players in or as you would towards the end of the season where you've got nothing to play for. These are huge, huge games. Um, But I agree with Andy. I think, by the cliche, a safe pair of hands, he absolutely was. But I think the way Nuno prepares his squads is that he can alternate in all positions. And Norris will be aware of that back line and how they play in the formation. Um, so, I don't think he will. But I think he would be comfortable coming in on Saturday should uh, he make that call.
0: I think, as you just said as well, with 16 clean sheets he's got this season. I'm, I'm sure it's, it's probably... It's, rare, round, it's ridiculous and we're questioning the keeper, I know. Yeah. Yeah. But how many of those 16 or so games has he had to make one save? But does this, mm.
1: But does this? Uh, I, I was going to come to this at the end, but I think I kind of need you addressing it. Does this come to the bigger picture, though, that because of the position we're in, because some of our fan base, let's just say, have been bigging up whether we may be promoted already, therefore, when something doesn't go right, we are all a bit genuinely worried because we don't want to give away the position we're in. Is this all the result of, this position we're at at the minute, that we are, you know, what we're still nine points <laughs> clear at top, <laughs> 13 points clear of third, yet we're all starting to worry. Now, in, in you put that out of context, that's, that's ridiculous to say that, no, but because yeah. of the position we're in, and we're worried almost about giving something away, which I think I saw sort a of stat from I think after after the 20th when we had this season, uh, or, or we played the 20th game, where basically no team. Had ascertained that many points and not been promoting since Man City in the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, and all we would that we've ascertained such a play style of play football so early, and such a commanding lead that any little chink in the armor is panic stations. We're gonna, it, it's yeah. going to crumble around us, and we're going to go back to what a lot of us have said is that kind of old mentality we used to have before. You know that this style of football we've had now is—is is this kind of just adds, adds, I think adds it is. to it?
0: Because if we'd have been six points clear a few weeks ago, and now we're nine points clear, we wouldn't be worried at all. Mm. But because we were twelve, looking at fifteen points clear at one point, yeah, and now all of a sudden we're nine. It's like, oh hang on, we need to look over our shoulders. But realistically, nine points is still still three ma- three uh, losses to. Three wins for another team, plus our goal
1: difference.
0: Mm. So it is ridiculous to be thinking about these things.
1: And although we, you know, we want top spot, and there is that argument of if we weren't to get top spot now, it would be a bit embarrassing. Ultimately, the top two is the key. The thirteen point gap is the
0: key.
2: Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, it, of course it is. And and if if you finish second, you're going to start in the same league as you know who, who finished top, but. It would be a little embarrassing. It it would, it it would. would. Uh, Come on, I mean, it would. It really, it really would. And we can see it now. You know, we were talking about it last night, and I think it was Luke who piped up and said, "You know, I can see a couple of of bad performances, and then we go to Villa, and it's on the TV, and you know, they get the winner, and it's the whole mind the gap thing, and yeah, I, 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 I'm uncomfortable with the fact that I think in November." Fans were, were chanting, "We're going up, we're going up," and it didn't really build momentum. Mm. And I'm so glad it didn't. And the whole "Mind the Gap" thing—I know it's a bit of banter and stuff—but uh, and Villa may 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 fall away. But but look, we've got history. You know, we 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 know what it's like to lose a 12-point lead, and we lost it to our dearest rivals. So we've got history. So we are concerned. However. If we're mid-table and our keeper's putting in a few bad performances, then we'll still be having this same discussion. It's not self-preservation because everything's got to be right to ensure we keep our our lead. If it's not right, it's not not right. Um, But yeah, absolutely, we're in a a bloody good position and it would take a real swing of results. Even if we went on a bad run, you have to take into account that somebody else has to go on a very, very good run. Yeah, to a clip. I mean, yes, you know, you know
1: it would be, what would be more embarrassing in some ways if it was Cardiff? Let's just say mm. who got because you know Neil Warnock's going to yeah. lord over that yeah. for a long time. But you know, if you look apart from Cardiff, who've just started a bit of a good run now, Villa aren't really on a. You know the greatest of runs. Mm-hmm. I know they they had that was it seven eight games they they have continuously. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. now they've uh, drawn, lost and drawn the last two games. Derby have, have had chances. and Did they just equalise the to draw last night against Leeds? I believe so. Yeah, um, so they're not on the greatest run as well. And obviously Fulham will talk about who, who won a it's good. It's happened to minutes. everyone in the league, isn't yeah.
0: it? They've all got to second and then thought, oh no, we, we don't want to be up here. Really. And It Never does
1: it does feel like the season we went up when we, we were top, I think Andy, you mentioned it, we, we were top for over December and January. We didn't win a game mm. for ages, yet we stayed top mm. because other teams below us weren't able to then take advantage. It's almost like we're at that position now where we've got an opportunity to maybe take advantage, but it's not happening. But therefore, the teams below us aren't also taking advantage. I mean, mm. context
2: is we've drawn... Um, Villa of drawn and you know um and Derby have drawn for for example, um, but yeah, it's just that nagging little yeah, feeling yeah. isn't it you know when you see what I would call an out of character for us performance to a degree, and I'll say that to a degree because there were shades of the qPR second half performance in the game last night, um, but yeah, just that nagging last minute it just it does make you feel a little uneasy. Mm. Um, but we've got so much in the camp, and and we have got right to not gloat, but be confident. We've got absolute right to, and I, and, I th- and we will be fine. Um, and that's to me convincing myself because that's just <laughs> my nature. And that's just rocking just, back, back, yeah, we'll
1: be fine, we'll be fine. Okay, but just back onto the game. A phobie. obviously mm. came to some criticism last night. It's been four games now, I think, for a phobie. Yeah, four games uh, so without a goal. Without a goal, and. Um, barely he, had a he, shot either, he had, but did, did he have a chance last night where he could have had a tap in uh,
0: there was a I think it was Douglas played it square across the box and the keeper got to it before a phobia uh, did
1: now has a phobia gone past the honeymoon period now in terms of goals because yeah the first couple of games oh. where he nearly scored and you thought oh okay yeah, he'll get one eventually when does that period stop or has it already stopped
0: from the reaction of some of the fans in the ground it's over but realistically, he's had two hours of football. I think he's had four. He had a good half hour last
2: night, didn't he? For example, um,
0: yeah.
2: Sorry, Andy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know because it, it it depends really how infused you were about incoming coming in the first place. And I wasn't that bothered to be honest. Um, I what I, what I did say at the time. Uh, and these things do come back to not you, and I, and it may still be the case is that that would be the icing on the cake. Phobie. phobie if Obi was, this, I think I called him the insurance policy, to get us over the line, and he may still will do that towards the end of this season. But at the moment, I'm struggling to see how he fits into the mm. team. Um, well,
0: I've noticed when he's come on in the games, we've changed the, our formation or the way we play, and. That's when we seem to lose our ways, when the players don't quite know what they're supposed to be doing. Mm. And it looks a complete different team with him in.
1: But that's what, uh, I know that front three of Cav, uh, Jota and Costa are so key, but that's why I would have perhaps played a phobia front last night, to, to yeah. give him some game time. Yes, you can then make the argument of resting somebody, but then you've got to try and mix up if mm. you're bringing that type of
0: player in. But there have been questions over Jota's performances for the last few weeks. So mm. had they've dropped him to the bench... I don't think there'd have been too many questions, mm. and plus as well, he he hasn't missed a minute has he? After this season, he's I, I can't remember a match where he's been subbed off. No, it, so we were talking like that. It's always characters,
2: isn't it? Um, I think those three have been the best three as as a, as a connection. But you know, where's Bonatini in the scheme of things here, really? Because you know, I know he had a very very good start to the season, and Pat's tailored off a little, but. I would be more inclined to see Bonatini get a run than a than phobie. Um
0: I think Bonatini uh, would have suited last night's game better than a Just Just I think he's his hold up plays better and he's quite good in both boxes, whereas I don't really see a phobia offering much defensively. And it, we were in under the cost, yeah. so we needed that bit of extra insurance.
1: In terms of good performance last night, the one that kinda of stands out is Morgan Gibbs White had a good shift again once again.
0: Yeah. That boy's got skills. That pay the bills, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, he,
2: he nearly scored, didn't he? Where he did a great drag back in the in the uh, in their penalty box and um, um, couldn't couldn't convert the chance. He looks a very good player. He looks exciting. He looks strong. We saw very few glimpses of him last year, and he looked good. And he looks even better this year. Um, so he, he's a positive, and it's not it's not all negative. at all you know. Um, Douglas was decent, Cav as well. First half was was excellent. I thought there were some good performances within there. You know, was
0: the pick of the defenders mm. for me. I thought mm. he did okay. And I, I thought after a couple of pretty shitty performances, thought he did really well last night. He definitely yeah. picked it up because he was awful against Preston and QPR, wasn't it the week before?
1: So all in all, then, with Norwich, frustrating. We were bay to win the game. We've been a a nice little three points to add, you know, as people say, another point closer as it will, or another three points closer to, to hopeful promotion. But it's a point. It's another step in the right direction. But there is that slight concern given the last couple of games. I mean, Preston as well, people were saying that it wasn't as convincing Again, I know it was tough to go away to mm. Preston.
0: wouldn't say I went down to 10 men, that was when we turned it on. But that yeah. was an hour into the game. Yeah,
1: and so. obviously the second half QPR as well is what I, I yeah. keep coming back to. But we got the point, we didn't lose. Yes, Everyone else didn't really pick up results as much around us. We're okay still. Yeah. Everyone calmed down.
0: Ultimately, we've lost <laughs> 1 in 18. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if you take the yeah. last, I think it's the last five games,
1: we've got 11 points out of 15. So that, hmm. that's pretty all yeah. right. That's all right. Okay, let's, let's talk about the uh, the game of the weekend. It's a big one. It's on Sky, and this now starts off a massive run of games where Wolves are on the telly. I think it's Fulham at the weekend, and then next weekend against gets Reading on the telly, and then it's Leeds midweek, then it's Villa on the telly once is again. Is that Right, and yeah. I, I think wow. Villa is the last. I think Villa is the the last, last one. The I think. Yeah, well, I, on that the,
0: sequence. We've got Middlesbrough a week or so late. Is it a week later on Good Friday?
2: Oh, Middlesbrough away, where we've not yeah. won for a
1: hundred and eight years or something. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> well, we've talked about this, haven't we? With um, with this season, there's been a lot of seasons. The first, it would it would kind of top it, wouldn't it, if we were to beat Middlesbrough at the Riverside? God, yeah,
2: that 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 would be like. Mm. No, we are really not the walls that we've grown to love and um, tear our hair out in equal <laughs> measure. Um, but, uh, Yeah, sorry, Dan.
1: No, but we travelled to Craven Cottage on Saturday Mm. evening on Sky for a a very tough time uh, against Fulham. Now, last time around, it was a 2-0 home win in December, which was a very comprehensive win from what I remember. It should have been a lot more, Mm. but I think it's going to be a lot different this time around. They seem to have really sorted their shop out uh, since Christmas. They've been on this fantastic run. Uh, They're currently fifth in the Championship. Some people tipping them. To out the second spot, maybe uh, their last game they drew midweek away uh, one or to Bristol City. Which, reading some of the reports, suggesting they weren't as convincing um, as they usually are, and some of their key players perhaps weren't on as form as they have usually expected it to. I, I read of the uh, the Fulhamish podcast, uh, one of the pieces they talked about for new stuff over the last week. Um, again. One of th- a couple of things they mentioned, uh, one key thing that stood out for me was that Fonte and Ojo, who have been quite key for them this season, aren't even making the squad at the moment because they suggest, because of the squad depth, because they've got quite a good squad. And I know, Ryan, you were saying that actually, on paper, they've actually got quite a good squad.
2: Yeah, we were looking at the uh, the side and just I was just familiarised myself because they've kind of come up sort of on, on the outside, haven't they, with their run of results. We know, like Sassanian, I think's been linked with some of the big clubs. We know all about Kevin McDonald as well. Um, they have got a really good side, so they're a good footballing side. So I'm, I'm hopefully it's going to be a, a decent game. Um, see, if if we would have perhaps picked up a win um, last night, then I'd be all over a point, but and, and still really in our position, a point away at Fulham is excellent.
1: Um, but it just reads the just pressure. Ch- in it reads the pressure, and also yeah. you know it, it. It would give us us confidence as fans uh, and to the wider uh, Wolves community if we were to get a result, uh, a win against Fulham, because we know how good Fulham are. And to go away and get a win, however that win comes about, Mitrovic mm. as well. Was he?
2: They got Newcastle. Yes. Was he? Yes. And Kearney, who's, who's obviously people rave about as well. It's was Kearney the one that. Um, saying like the best championship. Yeah, they had a 12 and, million home yeah. beat yeah. projected, yeah. didn't they? Was it West well, Ham? I think one? it was yeah.
1: West Ham. Um, and they've got people like Fredericks as well, Assassin's which is yeah. The, yeah. the key one as well. Somebody, uh,
0: as well as a good footballing team, they're quite a physical team as yeah. well. So mm. it will be a battle in both senses.
1: People, I, mean, I was reading this Fulham-ish, uh piece as well. Tim Ream, who's an American defender, has well, been yeah. doing really well so far in recent weeks. They're, they're quite a possession-based place uh, base side as well. Again, usually we, we are the, the, the possession-based side, so it will be interesting if they are on the front foot and we are playing deeper, will we do what we did against, I think it was against Sheffield United to an extent, where we let them come to us and we just mm. beat the ball and went on the counter. Mm. You would argue that against teams like Fulham, this will be the ideal kind of game for us because we can then as well play our football as well and get the space and get the opportunities
2: i think you're right i think uh, like a a real fan of like possession-based football and technical football it's a cracking game i'm really excited for it i think it'll be a great day um it is it is going to be tough and i think there'll be a lot of teams in the championship looking at that result on saturday to see how that turns out um so we'll see, but yeah, we know it's going to be a tough side. There's certainly going to be a tougher prospect than there were earlier on in the season, and as Dave alluded to, there, there's been some changes in in the side, um, and they've probably got their their best eleven out there. I was surprised actually that they only picked up a point against Bristol City. Mm. I thought they might have done slightly better. So yeah, we'll see, but um, we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> but it's it's weird to think that it could be like another draw three points you know Um, but then God we have still got that little bit of a cushion it's like can we afford to drop two but going away to Fulham doesn't appear to be dropping two points when they're one of the form sides in the division
1: that's why a bit of win would be so so good I think it would
2: do you know what And, and you're right I think A win would be such a fantastic point. I'm not going to really coin this as being a a blip, because it's not really a blip, but there there is a little bit of nervousness, and I don't think the players need the confidence. I really don't, because they're, they're full of confidence. But I think there'll be a great feeling around the club if we then go on to Reading in a real strong position if we pick three points up on Saturday.
1: Uh, Team wise, then for Saturday, uh, this is where the interesting uh, selection yeah. pick comes into play. Obviously, no Neves, of course, because he's suspended for the next two games. The Ruddy question is, in fact, to uh, Andy. Team wise, what would you go for? What would be your starting 11?
0: I think you'll stick with Ruddy. Yep. Yeah. This is going to be controversial, but I would probably drop Bolly to the bench. Wow, okay. Wow, okay. Oh, bench. Hello. I think Bolly's been dire the last three games. The Bolly bombshell. I like him. I think he's a, he's a good player, but he's he does have that tendency to just take his eye off the ball, and mm. he, he definitely needs someone to tell him what to do. And he just hasn't worked for the last few. So who would so you
1: replace Bolly with? Because you've got what the, the you've
0: only got. player he would replace him with would be House. Okay, he yeah. wouldn't put Bart over there because he, he obviously likes someone who can play with the left foot mm. on, on on that side. So I'd probably bring Court in, see okay. what he can do. Um,
1: and I guess the centre of the park is the, the, the key one. Yeah. We talked about Sace.
0: It, it, I think he'll go with Sace and Dikes. Dykes. I don't see um, MG Dub as the defensive-minded yeah. midfielder.
1: And I, I, I can't see him starting yet. I think it's a big game no. for him to go into. He's more of an impact player to come on. Yeah. He's He has got that attacking mindset, hasn't he? Mm, Old MGW. But
0: he would be ballsy as hell if he just... Chucks him in into the deep end <laughs> yeah. and, and goes through it, but I, I don't think he will. I think you'll go with Saison and I.
1: And then up front, your, your front three, do you keep the same front three with with Cav Jota and Costa?
0: Yeah, I think so because they do work well together. If you, I think we will play mostly on the counter, and there are very few as as quick and tricky as Jota. Cav he's playing really well at the minute. I know Costa came off last night, but he's. Found a little bit of form again after a, a couple of months of dross, so I would stick with those three up front.
1: Right. Any changes to the proposal made there by? Andy? Um,
0: yeah, I mean, I think
2: as I mentioned it previously, I don't think he will, but I would genuinely go with Norris and goal. But I think we're expecting uh, Rudy to start, and and if he does, let's hope you know he has a good game. Um, I get the I get the volley thing. I do and. I remember listening to you guys when you did your pod uh, with Cody and Burgoyne and I think Cody kind of flippantly joked about Bolly and his concentration that <laughs> he, he tends to switch off and sometimes it can be a little bit too easy for him so I don't know if perhaps that's what Andy's looking at and thinking well his performances haven't quite been there. Um, I would still keep him because I just think as a, as a presence and I, I hope he's over a couple of below-average, bolly type performances, so I would keep him in. So, other than Norris, which I wouldn't expect, um, it is obviously the Neves question. Um, I think where we are at this stage of the season and with who we're up against away to Fulham, he's got to go Sace. I like Gibbs-White, but I do tend to agree that he's perhaps not a starter just yet. On the front line, yeah, I would keep it the same. Mm. The, the only change i potentially <clears throat> make would be Jota to come out and Bonatini to come in. If I did that, then I'd be then probably more adventurous and change my mind on Says and bring Gibbs White in because I think Bonatini would give the midfield more protection. But I think if you have Endai and Says as holding midfielders effectively, then I think you don't want to lose that creati- creativity even of Jota, Cav. And Costa, and the latter two have been on fantastic form. Um, so that's that's whereabouts mm. I would go.
1: And I think you'll probably see uh, Bonatini come on second half. Then a phobia I think we've alluded to that. Yeah. And I think yeah. they'll they'll try and give Bonatini a go to see mm. if he can rekindle that magic.
0: And I think with Bonatini, he seems to get the best out of Jota. Both of their best form has been when they've been together. Yeah. They've almost got a, a telepathic link. Those two. So I think if you have Bonatini, I'd be inclined to stick with Jota. Mm. And plus, as well as Cavie's doing, there's something about him when he comes off the bench and he's just angry. He's just like, oh, yeah. I just wanna I wanna show you that dropping me is a bad idea. Yeah. So if he does that I wouldn't be too disappointed either.
1: Well, Fulham of the weekend, it's gonna be nervous. But we all behind the lads, gentlemen. Thursday night recording, a bit closer this time to a game. So, yeah. good wise what are you thinking for Fulham versus Wolverhampton Wanderers at half five on Saturday the 25th of February, will it be? Yes. 24th? 24th of February. Yeah. day yeah. 24th, Andy, what are you thinking first? Fulham
0: Wolves. I think we're undefeated in three away at Fulham, I believe. I can see that continuing. I think we'll... I think we'll win two now. Two 0 mm.
1: and he's confident. Rye, what are you going for? I'm going to go win. I'm going to yeah. go win
2: as well. I think we'll concede, so I, I will go two one.
1: This is the first game this season where I clearly can't see a result. When I say clear, I can't predict because I'm obviously mm. trying not to be pessimistic, and I don't want to say but
0: any three of the, the possible outcomes yeah. are absolutely possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um,
1: I'm going ha- to. I will be positive for this and say a squeaky 1-0. No. 3-2 Three two win. Three two. There'll be goals.
0: W- one nil or three two. <laughs> so the one goal or five. There'll be right? a one goal gap. <laughs> right. But three two.
1: Right, we we uh, we're not doing a Twitter corner this week or email corner. More so for email corner because we didn't get any emails last week. <laughs> it it very uh, difficult. To but do. you can email us your questions or your funny stories. Uh, Podcast at wallsfancast dot com. But I thought this time we would do, do a little quiz, gentlemen. Do a little quiz to end off, and we'll do a uh, versus Andy for this quiz. Okay. I thought we'd play Excellent. the first ever edition of Walls Fancast. Play your appearances right. Cue oh. music. Da, 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 da. I don't know what the music is. Anyway, so just like the gameplay, your draw, I have scoured Wikipedia of former, current former players, really, um, and I have looked at their appearances for Wolves when they're at Wolves. And now this can be both appearances. And when I mean by that, I mean they may have gone away from the club and come back again, or they might not okay. going out on loan and come back again. Um, so I'm going to give you. So who wants to go first? Because the idea is, the idea is we. Continue with the same person until they get it wrong. Then he switches to the next person. And the winner is the, the person who gets the last one correct right, in okay. this um So who wants to go first?
2: Um, Andy, go first. Andy, sure. Andy, first, Andy to serve help. on this Royce, one. So, okay. Andy, yeah. so Andy,
1: what I'm going to do, I'm going to give you the first person and their appearance total. Right, okay. Um, there is an option to switch... To a different person if you want, but if you do switch, you can't switch back. To the I'm future. loving this. Right. This <laughs> <Wow>. is good. <laughs> uh, so Matt Jarvis is your first one. Do you want to just have a, just just for the fun of it, a guess of how many appearances he had? For um,
0: he was here for what? One, two. He here for about four years, was he? So it might have been. <laughs> <laughs> I would say 100 and 117.
1: 117. Right, just want to have a guess for the fun of it.
2: Uh, can I just go higher or lower? Or okay, now let's um, let's let's be try and be a bit more accurate than that. Um, hmm. I'm, just thinking, I'm, I'm thinking farting which is due I'm thinking injuries but for say okay I, I'll,
1: I'll go about 150 150 Rye was close 164 for Matt Jarvis okay, well, is okay. time uh, do let us know how you get getting at home play along at home at WWFC Fancast on Twitter uh, and just let us know how you got now Andy do you want to keep a Matt Jarvis or do you want to change to a different person we'll keep Matt Jarvis we'll keep Matt Jarvis uh, I'll let you know who the other person was I was going to go for Michael Keitley. Right, higher or lower than Matt Jarvis Lower, I would say. Just for the fun, this is just for the yeah, fun. Yeah,
0: I'd say lower because he had that quite a quite a layoff, didn't he? Lower. It? Yeah, I'll well, go. I would go lower.
1: It, well, yeah, 114 for my colleague. Yeah, right, so the next person. So for Matt Jarvis, is 164. Neil Emblem, higher or lower? Ooh. Is Neil Emblem, higher or lower Love Neil Lemberton than Lemberton well. Matt Jarvis? Obviously, the new uh,
0: assistant manager at uh, yeah. Colorado Rapids. Um, I would go with higher.
1: You guess right. Oh. Two hundred and three appearances. really
0: nervous at the do, <laughs> do you know
2: what? I'm, I'm competed against Andy, so I'm not going to put any hints. But I was thinking there more cup games, more playoff games. That's <laughs> what I'm thinking. Yeah. Do, okay. do, yeah. do those include Anglo-Italian cup appearances <laughs> as well? Yeah. Losing the
0: championship, it was a forty-six yeah. game season rather than the Premier yeah. League.
1: Uh, okay, so we had two hundred and three for Neil Emblem. Sean Newton is next. Sean Newton. Uh,
0: I think that would be lower.
1: You are correct. Hundred and three appearances from old Sean Eaton. Yeah, I thought
0: it'd be quite a bit lower to be honest.
1: So Andy's still in control here. Next one, Roger Johnson. Good old Roger Johnson. Oh
0: I would hope lower.
1: And you'll hope? Is correct.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Roger
1: Johnson was sixty-nine appearances for Wolves. Yeah, sixty-nine appearances. I forgot. You know, talking about Roger Johnson, we had old. Uh, we haven't mentioned on the podcast because we haven't been doing yet a recording. Old Albion Taxi Gate. I know it's,
0: it's brilliant.
1: Everything about that story was fantastic. Everything about that story, and what I hadn't realised. I think they, they they talked about a couple of days later, which they hadn't revealed was it a day before that incident Alan Pardew had his phone wallet stolen yeah as well yeah. so he probably at that day thought well this is at least the worst thing that can happen yeah.
0: <laughs> so everything that we did right when we went on holiday they've done the exact yeah. opposite but you know
1: I don't know, obviously talk about album too much but where they are in the premier league and things like this happening you, that is kind of the story of you can when teams are Perhaps gonna get relegated. Everything that can go wrong, everything that's the media, media. Yeah. Yeah. everything comes and out. It's
0: Gareth Barry, the model yeah. professional. Yeah. Just unbelievable. It's just ridiculous. Gareth. It's made the season.
1: It just it, that felt like an in betweeners episode. Well, yeah. Everything <laughs> happened. Yeah. but it was great. Okay, anyway, so Rogers the sixty nine. Next one, Darren Potter. Darren oh, Potter. Potter. That's a tough one. Higher or lower than Rod Johnson, 69. I think down he might Potter. have been
0: with us a little bit longer, but he didn't play a lot, did he? Um, so what are we going to go for here? Lower. In the 50s. I'm going to go to Rye.
2: <gasps> so...
1: Well, I'm going to go higher. I'm going to go
2: higher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. i just realised i just
1: realised. Anyway, so well. He goes to
0: Ryan. Here. You could have said exactly the same. Yeah. But, for, to Ryan again.
2: Guess, but for a bonus, no points. Shall I
1: guess his yeah. appearances? Guess his appearance. So he's obviously uh, higher. i okay. got uh, 85. 96.
0: Okay. just okay. couldn't get that elusive yeah. 100 mark. Mm, I'd no. be
1: really annoyed as a player if you like on 99 appearances. Yeah. yeah. you couldn't get that 100, yeah. 100 mark. So we're on to Ryan now. So, uh, so Darren, Darren Potter on 96. Your next one is Dean Sturridge. Dean storage, how many appearances for walls? Are it's Dean got to Sturridge? be higher. It's back to Andy. Oh, straight oh! <laughs> <laughs> away. Dean storage really? wow, for that's s- D- no, Dean storage, seventy-five appearances for Wolves. This
2: is Wikipedia, rest- by the way. Okay. No, I'm not disputing your source. He well, you
0: had two championship seasons, didn't he, with us? Or was it one and a half when you had him on loan and then. You perhaps think he's longer than he's yeah. I was thinking the amount of goals
2: lot. he scored, but okay. No.
0: He didn't Roy... play a lot in the Premier League, did he? Yeah. Mm. Right, subbed was, on and subbed off that immediately. Short lived.
1: <laughs> wow. uh, so Dean Storage on 75. Next one, back to Andy, Mark Atkins. Mark Atkins. Oh, higher or lower 70. than 75 oh. appearances?
0: Oh. Yeah, I remember having a good couple of seasons, but. And a really bad one as well. Yeah.
1: I remember being a. a as a kid, having football manager, and I was struggling for goals for Wolves at one point in the season. I decided to randomly put Mark Atkins up front, mm. and he did fantastic for me—absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Anyway, Mark Atkins <laughs> higher than Dean is seventy-five. Higher, oh, yeah. it is higher. Oh, one hundred and twenty-six. Really? Yeah. really? Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I remember he him half in as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 he, yeah, he he was the yeah. uh, the old school Connor Cody midfielder yeah. yeah. push back.
1: Yeah. Uh, next one then George Elacobi Big George oh, higher love, or lower I love Big Markins. George I
0: love Markins. Big George so much that I even named my dog after him <laughs> <laughs> yeah he um, we were playing a league cup game and Elacobi scored and was trying to get a name for the dog and when Elacobi scored I called my dog George and he actually responded to it so good sight. That that's where he got his name from um, but will he get his appearances right I think, higher or lower because he had quite a nasty layoff as well didn't he so I think possibly lower
1: it is lower. Mm. Well done. 85 appearances. Oh, big wow. George. It's Andy still in the game here, but Rye could nick it right oh, at the end. That, that, that,
2: <laughs> that would be an Oliveira, oh, Oliveira. <laughs> last minute. Uh, next
1: one, Michael Oakes. Michael Oakes, higher or lower oh. than George is 85.
0: I... Mm, Christ, that's it. Lower.
1: It is lower. 59 appearances. Oh. But he seemed to be with
0: us course, forever, yeah. didn't he?
1: We've got three more left here, so Roy okay. could still, oh, I'm, I'm could could still knock in, uh, nick it in there. Uh, so next one, Sam Vokes, obviously starring up now for Burnley. Yeah, Did mm, Sam Vokes yeah. make more or less than 59 appearances for Wolves in his tenure or his time?
0: He Again. was there for a good four years, but he didn't play a great deal, did he? Um, lower?
1: It is lower. Oh. 49 appearances. No. It's getting close here. Next one, we're on the penultimate one here. Guadiora. Adeline Guadiora. Did he make higher or fewer appearances? One, again, than, one. Oh, Mike's gone. Again, he was there for a while, but mm. didn't... He had one bad game against Wigan in the Premier League and that was it. Yeah, just done, wasn't he? He he was done. So, Um, did uh, Gwendolyn make fewer or
0: higher appearances than Samuel Vokes? I think he (laughs) might have made about three or four more. So, I think he might have, like, early 50s. Early 50s. Maybe.
1: Well. Well, 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 well. The last question. Unfortunately for I... Yeah. It's going to go to him. Oh, because oh. it was fewer appearances. Fewer. Thirty-eight appearances for Guardiola. So we're on the last one now. Roy's wow. coming at the perfect <laughs> point. Wow. Hang on. So if Roy gets this wrong, then I presume does Andy win, or is it just Automa- a, yeah, it' automatically draw?
2: <laughs> no, I, I think it'll probably it go the game to is messed so,
1: so Andy t- Andy could win by default here right, yeah, okay. after all of it. So it's the last one. Wow. Did this player make more appearances or fewer than Guardiola, Mo Camara. Oh, my God. Mo
2: Kamara. Mo, Kamara. Mo did you Mo make... of chill fame. Yes. Who I was in the company of a few weeks ago. Mo Kamara. And I wish I had the foresight to have <laughs> asked him that I would be going on a podcast in a few weeks' time if he had more or less appearances
0: you should just ask Stu. Stu's bound to know the yeah. answer to that. So, Mo Kamara, we'll
1: the man who owns a wine jazz bar yes. in Technol... Um, Did he make higher or lower appearances than Adeline Guardiola to win the game? I'm going
2: to go... Come on, Mo.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Higher, more appearances. He set the penalty up. And he converted. Oh. It's a win, right wow. to the death, and he did all the work. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. But Roy wins it at the end. 45 appearances. Okay. Roy and, Kamara. and that is the quiz. Did you get them all right? Let us know at WWFC Fancast on Twitter or any of the social media platforms. Uh, and that's, that's the quiz, gentlemen. we will mix up a bit. Brilliant. But this week, yep, play your appearances right, gets a, a first appearance. <laughs> Amazing. Maybe we'll do another one later on in the season. Maybe we'll have a leaderboard well. as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a great idea. <laughs> Um, and that's where we'll leave the podcast this week. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks to our sponsors, Hill and Smith Limited and Opera Creative. You can follow us all week on your social media channels for your lols and trolls. Just search for Wolves Fancast, and you can find us there. And also, if this is your first time listening to Wolves Fancast, or if you've been a regular listener, just want to say a massive thank you to you for supporting what we do and all all the stuff we do. This is all for you, and we, we- love podcasts. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and we, you know, we do this all for you, so we're very grateful for your you tuning in, for downloading, and supporting the podcast in any way that you do and if you do like what we do and you download the podcast on iTunes please give us a five star review and give us a review it does really help us on the old iTunes charts as well but for uh, this week we're doing we'll be back next week to talk about that game against Fulham (laughs) oh here we go scary it's all scary Uh, but for this week it's bye from Andy see ya bye from Rye goodbye and it's bye from me see you next time